Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark and today I've got a fun episode for you. And this one this one came about differently than any episode I've I've done yet to date. I got a message uh, a DM on Twitter from Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers. And um you know, actually speaking of that, um, on a, a pop culture leftovers episode not too long ago, uh, Brian actually gave a shout out to Starkcast, and and that just really, really made my day. It, it's great to hear that that people are listening to the show and enjoying it, but but Brian's really one of my podcast heroes. So <laughs> so uh, if you're listening, dude, thank you so much for the shout out on your show. That was that was just tremendous, and. And then it gets even better. He sent me a DM on on Twitter and uh, kind of gave me a heads up on this dude named Skyler that is traveling across America right now. Um, he's he had posted up on Reddit about his journey and and Brian kind of pointed me in his direction and so I got in contact with Skyler and got a chance to talk to him. And he's on an epic journey right now. That is really the only way that it can be described. Basically, this dude left Toronto, Canada, or right around there somewhere, and just started heading south. And he's walking. This is all on foot. He had an eventual goal to get to the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco Bay Area in California, but he's not going in a straight line. And this dude is on an adventure. And I had... I had a great time talking with him. He's got a really inspirational story and he's having a modern day road adventure. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's get right into it. So you're basically doing like a, a walk across, is it North America or United States or, or I, 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 I kind of, uh, w- w- what's up? <laughs> so it, it's technically it's across the U S and Canada, but my only part walking in Canada was me walking to the U S border. So really it's just a walk across America. <laughs> um, I guess, so, I guess starting yeah, I, off here, I should probably, we should probably introduce who you are. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, my name is Skylar. Um, I'm 20 years old from kind of a mixture of Ontario, Canada and, uh, California. Um, kind of in the Bay area. Um, and I'm basically walking from one place to the other going from uh, a little outside of Toronto to a little outside of San Francisco but I'm kind of going the long way because I feel like if you're going to walk across America, you might as well do it right. So instead of just like a around 3,000-mile trip, I've decided to do 5,000. Wow. Uh, yeah. And so I'm already about 3,400 miles in. And then uh, I'm trying to keep a ratio of, of at least 80% walking. So every once in a while I do take a ride, but like in the end, I'm still going to be walking 
probably about a thousand miles uh, more than most people who walk across America. So yeah, um, so just kind of a general outline of my trip so far. Um, I crossed the border in Buffalo, New York. Then I followed Lake Erie down to Cleveland. And then from there, I went south through um, Cincinnati and Louisville, Kentucky, Nashville, Tennessee, Tupelo, Mississippi, all the way down to Louisiana. And uh, from there, yeah, yeah. From there, I started heading west across um, through Baton Rouge to Houston and then Austin, where I spent Thanksgiving and um, the Dallas Fort Worth area, where I spent Christmas. And then uh, just through West Texas. So I went through like Midland and Odessa. And when I got to a city called Pecos, which is you probably never heard of it, but no. <laughs> it's like the only town for 50 miles in either direction. From there, I uh, decided I was kind of done walking West Texas. So I just headed up north uh, um, to Carlsbad, New Mexico. And uh, from there, I went up to Roswell and then over um, through Socorro to uh, Albuquerque and Santa Fe and uh, Los Alamos and um, through uh, Tisnos Pass, Arizona, which is right next to Four Corners, where um, Colorado, um, New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah meet. Um, then I went through like Cortez, Colorado, and then into Utah through Monticello and Moab and um, up through Salt Lake City. And you're walking all of this? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I've, wow. Uh, pairs of shoes already. The, um, how, how many? Uh, I just bought pair number six in Logan, Utah. <laughs> I love it, man. That is oh. so cool. <laughs> yep. And you... right now I'm uh, I'm near Rupert, Idaho. Just some small town. <laughs> <laughs> How was it when you were going through all the mountains? Um. Oh, mountains are fun. I love mountains. Um. Yeah. So I've gone through a couple mountainous areas, not too many. Uh, kind of the major one was uh, outside of Los Alamos, New Mexico, or the uh, Jemez Mountains. And whew, those suckers. Um, I think maximum I was at like, uh, I want to say nine or 10,000 feet oh, in wow. elevation. And then going up and down and up and down through several mountains. And But yeah, oh man, those were, were some good suckers and um i also it was uh there's one part of it where it's on a unpaved road and so i have like a cart that i push with my stuff in it and i was that was like eight miles or so of unpaved road and it was uphill most of the way and the road was just like this muddy icy snowy like it was warm enough so the snow and ice was starting to melt uh-huh and make mud oh. and oh man it was that was terrible to push my cart through but... your wheels kept wanting to like sink down and make ruts and stuff 
Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they just, and the road itself is terrible. Like there was parts where there's probably about a foot of difference, uh, in height in some of the roads. So, yeah. <laughs> um, what, what's been your favorite place that you've, um, that you've been through so far? I get asked that question a lot, and <laughs> I never answer. <laughs> yeah, just because um, I've been through 15 states so far. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm on state number 15, and each state just has like something different to offer. And there are some states like Alabama where I was only in there for three days, or uh, Arizona where I was only in there for one night. But like in Arizona, um, I was on the Navajo reservation, and um, I stayed with this Navajo wool weaver, and he just like, oh man, that was a really cool guy. He um, got some of the neighbors together, and um, they had a um, an honor feast for me, and so they uh, cooked up this churro sheep, which is like one of their uh, kind of native or traditional sheep that they heard. Um, and so they cooked it up and had that and some blue corn bread and just all sorts of foods that, you know, like traditional foods. And, and I was only in Arizona for one night and I had that just like fantastic, you know, once in a lifetime experience, you know, yeah, that's incredible. With some Navajo and eating traditional Navajo food. And, and then, Pretty much each state has something cool that I've done. Um, yeah, so in um, Kentucky, I got to uh, go through um, Mammoth Cave National Park and take like a cave tour and everything. In um, Dallas, I saw I got like a tour of the Dallas World Aquarium, which is a big thing. Um, in New Mexico, uh, I stayed with this, uh, radio astronomer. Um, his name is Dale Frail. Um, he's like a fairly well-known, uh, radio astronomer, at least in like those circles. Um, and Dale, Dale Frail. Yep. Yeah. Pretty interesting name, eh? Yeah. Uh, one of my good yes. friends is a, uh, a particle physicist, and so hmm. and he does uh, he teaches some astronomy and stuff, or or he did at least a while back. I think when he was like being like a teacher's assistant at one point or something. <laughs> I'll have to ask it, James about him. <laughs> yeah, and so um, I stayed with him in uh, Socorro, New Mexico, and um, that's where the National Radio Astronomy Observatory is. And so, like, 50 miles uh, west of there is the Very Large Array, which seems kind of like a dumb name, but it's for something really cool. It's um, these 27 um, radio dishes or, like, satellite dishes. Is that where, like, SETI is? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you've seen, like, the movie Contact, (laughs) that was uh, filmed there. So, yeah, each, each one of those dishes is, like... 80 feet across or something. Oh, and wow. I got a I didn't tour know around that big. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, those are some big suckers. Um, 
and I got to um, actually stand on one of them, like on, on the dish itself. They let you climb up onto one? It's like part of a tour or uh, something? Well, or? Like, um, it's just because I was with uh, oh. <laughs> Dale and like, I'll be that special tour. It's so who, like they, it's who they you usually know, right? like go up there for maintenance and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, occasionally they'll bring up like a, a Congress person uh, just to like, you know, say, oh, yeah, this is where the funding is going. But are you yeah, taking so pictures I, I all along the way? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, are you so documenting all this? Instagram. Because this would make I, a fantastic book. <laughs> yep. Uh, on my subreddit, r slash Skylar Travels, each uh, day I'd make a post and um, yeah, just talk about my day and on my instagram i post a bunch of pictures and everything and so subtle plug right there <laughs> yeah nothing wrong with that <laughs> now that you've got a really fascinating story going on here man that's really really cool that that i mean you know and just for 20 years old this is just an incredible undertaking yeah th- thanks i uh there, there's like so many really cool things that I get to do on this trip that like, you know, if I was just driving across America or maybe even biking across it, like I just wouldn't get to have. And so that's one of like the best parts about walking. Cause I get asked all the time, like, you know, Oh, why don't you just, you know, take a train or cycle or something like that. But walking definitely gives you a different perspective and kind of get to go and, unusual places so like i uh when i was in baton rouge louisiana they have uh uh, louisiana state university and so they have this uh, um a football stadium they call it tiger stadium i actually snuck into that which is pretty fun (laughs) just walked around for a couple minutes but (laughs) yeah that was cool so i know like when i run like I'm, I'll, my mind just kind of goes to just kind of blanks out and I can just kind of think about whatever while my body just does this fairly mindless thing over and over again, kind of goes into a bit of like a timeless state is, is that kind of like what this walking for hours on end is, are you being able to like reach some, almost like a meditative state or something while you're walking? Yeah. So like kind of when I'm walking, it varies day to day, but um, some days I'm listening to like music or podcasts or audiobooks, and then other days I just I'm not listening to anything, so I'm just kind of alone with my thoughts, and I'll just think of any random thing that pops into my head. So yeah, it's it's always uh, I like to make sure I have at least one or two of those days a week where it's just not listening to anything, just kind of um, thinking about life and all that sort of thing. So what is like your average day like? Um, so again, there, there's like not really an average day, but um, usually kind of my average walking day is wake up at uh, 7 to 8 a.m., usually kind of around when sunrise is, um, kind of break everything down, eat like a pop tart or something for breakfast um and then just start walking for kind of eight to ten hours and then uh somewhere in there if it's a um 
kind of a city that has some fast food places, I'll, you know, go to McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever and get like 1500 calories in me and then keep walking. You're feeling um, yourself with Pop-Tarts and fast food. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, okay. I eat the most unhealthy of things, but because of how many calories I'm burning. Yeah. Like it just, it, I'm in great shape. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And if I'm not in, um, like a city with access to, you know, um, civilization, I will just snack on a bunch of energy or protein bars the entire day. Um, and then dinner is usually, um, kind of me cooking up some ramen noodles or instant mashed potatoes, that sort of thing. So I have a jet boil stove that I can, yeah, I was just going to ask uh, if you have a jet boil. (laughs) Yep. Oh man. I love jet boil. Like just, Oh yeah. They're handy. Absolutely solid product. Um, I, I do a lot of rock climbing, so I've got a lot of uh, camping gear for doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. So tent and uh, uh, a really nice self-inflating ground pad and, and yeah, mm. all that sort of stuff's really handy. Do you get? Do you have a ground pad? You sounded intrigued. Uh, by yeah. This. Okay. That's <laughs> like you're not just laying on the ground, are you? <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't have a self-inflating one. I blow it up myself every day. So. Oh yeah, this one. These ones are really nice. They, they, it's like they've got a a foam inside them, and then there's a valve on the end. And so when you mm-hmm. when you roll it up, you have the valve open, and it pushes all the air out. And then when you're ready to unroll it, you just open that valve back up and unroll and you know lay it out, and it just self inflates. It's like that. Oh, foam, how long that does foam that take? expands? Uh, probably about ten minutes or so. It really all depends on how long you've had it packed. You know, if it's been sitting up in your closet for for a month, it, you know, it'll take longer than if you're using it every day. They've got an R value also, so they keep you warm uh, against the ground. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think mine actually be like because I know there's like some uh, foam stuff or something, so I think it might be self-inflating, but I've just never like just took the time to let it go by itself yeah <laughs> i love the hmm. one i got man um, I check that out. <laughs> what uh I think what brand ther- is that uh thermarest is like the the name brand one but i ordered just a cabela's brand like knockoff one that was like half the price and works well, just as okay, well okay yeah <laughs> yeah with uh camping gear like it can go either way like sometimes you're perfectly fine with some off-brand stuff or generic whatever um but then other times like you know like with jet boil or with like those little types of stuff i i don't think i'd ever go with anything else like jet boil is just like as far as i'm concerned it's the ultimate thing yeah I'd agree i should with get sponsored there. by them or something. <laughs> <laughs> do you um if you don't mind if i ask do you have any sort of sponsorship on what you're doing or you're just kind of going out and doing it I'm just going out and doing it. Like I, I have a GoFundMe so people can donate, um, kind of help me out on this trip because this is just what I saved up in high school and for a couple months afterwards. So it's not like I'm I'm not you know inheriting a bunch of money or winning the lottery and doing this. It's just I worked for it and saved up, and then people can donate and help me out on the rest of it. So 
Oh, that's excellent. I'm sponsored by the people. <laughs> What's your GoFundMe information? Um, I think it should just be GoFundMe.com slash Skylar Travels. That's uh, Skylar with an E. Some people spell it with an A, but... <laughs> but you don't roll like I, that. I spell <laughs> no. Uh, I like to go a little outside the box and... I mean, not like I had much of a choice in the matter, but yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so how does one end up being uh, partially Californian and partially Canadian? Oh, um, so my father is American, and my mother is Canadian, and uh, my dad's also white, and my mom's Indian. So I'm just like this hodgepodge mix of things, and. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what's made me like this wanderer. You know, just gotta explore everything. But who knows? So yeah, my uh, dad's from the Bay Area. My mom's from the uh, Greater Toronto area. The GTA, as we call it. I've never been to Canada before, but I hear it's very beautiful up there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So um, Toronto's just like maybe two hours north by car of Niagara Falls. So, yeah, you know, if you ever want to go up, and especially now is a great time because um, the uh, Canadian dollar is pretty low. So I think it's like 75 cents American is a dollar Canadian or something like that, um, which it was actually like closer to um, 67 cents or something when I traded so I lost like a third of my money, which kind of sucked. Oh. Yeah. yeah so that, I, I started. That more than with... kind of sucks. <laughs> That's freaking awful. Yeah. Ugh. I started this trip off with a lot less than I had intended to, but because most of the time uh, the trading rate is kind of not, not exactly uh, like dollar for dollar, but usually it's kind of, I don't know. 95 cents 90 cents or something to a dollar but yeah it was just super low when i traded and i kept on uh hoping for the couple months leading up to this trip like uh come on climb climb <laughs> but no it it kind of kind of got down pretty low there um so where do you plan on going like you're up in idaho right now and so yep where, 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 uh, what direction are you headed next? Um, Northwest. So I'm going all the way up to Seattle before I come down to San Francisco. And as you're going along, are you more or less just like walking along the, the side of the road? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm on basically everything aside from an interstate. So sometimes I'm on bike trails, other times I'm on unpaved dirt roads, or other times I'm just on, you know, like Main Street, whatever town. And how does that work so. with like your, where you sleep at night and stuff? Do you pretty much um, got to make so, it from like camp ground to campground or? So I actually rarely ever sleep in campgrounds. Um, I most of the times and camping in like a city park or in like next to a church or something 
or sometimes they just knock on someone's door and you know say hey walking across america you mind if i camp here for the night so and then other, when i'm kind of in big cities i arrange it so uh, i can find someone on like couch surfing or something um and i spend the night at their house are you finding that like uh, you're able to get kind of a, a big hand up on using social media and stuff like that then generally? Uh, could you explain that a little more? <laughs> Meaning like uh, you said you were using like a social media type app. Like a, is, is that what couch surfing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, I wouldn't really kind of put in the category with Facebook and stuff. Like it's, it's kind of like Airbnb, but without oh, okay. like, like it's free. So yeah, it's just, you know, hey, I have a couch and, you know, someone wants to stay here, so they... Okay, I misunderstood I what it was. Request. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's been a really great resource just because, like, I can't afford to pay for, you know, a hotel or a campground every night or even most nights. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, because you're really having for... to budget yourself as you go along, right? I probably spend about $10 a day um, kind of between my food and then uh, cell phone and then shoe fund. So, yeah, like shoes are probably my third uh, big, biggest budget item. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine if you're on your sixth pair. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. You're not wanting to buy those probably uh, cheap or they're just going to fall apart even faster. Yeah, and uh, when I started off, I was going for like some kind of higher brand or pricing uh, stuff, but I've kind of switched to like just sort of the cheapest I can get without like. And they are lasting fine. well for you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, let's see, my first two pairs were Asics, then uh, my third were Brooks, fourth were Nikes, fifth were New Balance, and. Now I'm back at Asics, but um, yeah, so my Nikes, New Balance, and uh, my newest pair of Asics were um, all just kind of like the the cheaper ones from kind of like a, like, not like a, you know, running store type of thing, but like those kind of discount shoe outlets or whatever. Yeah. So... Wow, you're really putting them through yeah. the ringer with quality testing, then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. These these suckers get worn down until you know the bottoms are smooth, and then yeah. So like, pretty much the rest of the shoe is fairly well intact, but it's like the sole and then I guess the tread of the shoe just get super worn down. And but yeah. At, but I only have like each shoe for about a month and a half um, or usually about 500 miles. So usually the rest of the shoe is fairly well intact. But um, my Nikes, when I was walking through those, uh, the Hamas Mountains, as I was telling you about earlier. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, those suckers got caked in mud. They definitely they were worn. What's the worst weather that you've walked through? Would that have been that one road that you were telling about where the, the, you were getting stuck in the mud and stuff or? Yeah. Um, 
so the weather itself wasn't too bad. It was just kind of like the terrain. Um, but I've been through a few rainstorms and stuff um, where I'm just walking through and eventually, if I know it's going to be bad, I'll either, um, depending kind of on how much warning I get, I'll either just set up my tent and just kind of wait it out. So actually right now it's uh, raining and pretty windy and stuff and just not terribly appetizing at the moment, but I'm going to be camping out tonight. Um, but usually if I have a warning, I can kind of, um, you know, try and find someone or get to a place where I'm indoors. So, um, I've paid for housing twice or for like a hotel twice on this trip. Um, and one of those times was, I was just, it was pouring rain about to be night and I was in the middle of nowhere, but everywhere was kind of like fenced in, um, in Texas. So I couldn't camp anywhere. And between that and the rain, I ended up uh, buying or paying for a hotel room because there was only like a that little hotel thing and like a gas station for a good 10 miles in either direction. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I bet that <laughs> hotel room felt pretty good. Oh, yeah. Got a nice shower on. and Yeah, that was great. Hated paying for it, though. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine, especially living on a budget like that. That had to hurt seeing a big chunk of change go. Yeah, like a week's worth of budget just in one night. So, yeah. So have you had any, like, scary happenings or anything like that? Um, so not like some guy threatening me, threatening me or anything like that. Um... My kind of there were two major like really negative uh, things that have happened on my trip. Uh, the first one was in Louisiana. Uh, I was kind of near Texas and I ended up getting sick. Um, so my friend in Houston drove about two hours to pick me up and bring me back to his house just so I could recover for a couple days and um, yeah, kind of get better. I think it was some sort of food poisoning or something, but I have no idea like what kind of got me uh, sick exactly. And then the second point was after I was coming back or coming out of uh, Four Corners Monument, I was like maybe 100 or 200 meters away from it. And um, my cart just broke like the... Uh, kind of arms that go the length of it just like snapped in half. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but there's just nothing out there. So I ended up having to hitchhike about 40 miles to Cortez because that was where the closest Walmart was. And that put me out of the way um, by like 30 miles or something. So that kind of sucked. But yeah, right after it broke, I was just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like I just took a bit to kind of put a plan together. That's actually uh, the second time I um, paid for a hotel room was in Cortez, Colorado, just because I didn't have the heart to like find a place to camp or anything and couldn't find anyone on couch surfing or any friends of friends type of thing. Uh-huh. So 
Yep, I ended up paying for my second night. So how'd you end up getting the cart fixed? Uh, well, I just had to buy a new cart. Um, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I just got a ride to the Walmart and bought a new cart, transferred everything over, and I uh, actually ended up giving my old broken cart to some guy who was just like, hey, I'll take that for you if you're just going to throw it away. And um, So, yeah, but I couldn't fix it just given that. I have a kind of severe lack of tools on my trip and duct tape wouldn't have uh, fixed it. <laughs> have you gotten by with quite a few duct tape fixes? You know, so I have a roll of duct tape, but I haven't used it at all. That's incredible. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like thinking when, before I started this trip, I'm like, I'm definitely going to need like, I'll probably go through a couple rolls of duct tape, you know, just fixing everything. But I mean, I haven't really had any, uh, any circumstances in which I really needed to use it. Um, yeah. I don't know. But I'm not going to, like, sometimes when people do these long trips, like, they'll walk for a few days and realize they don't need something and either, like, throw it away or send it home or something. But I'm keeping that duct tape with me just because I know as soon as I send it home, I'm going to need <laughs> it for something or other. <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to do something like what you're doing with that duct tape. <laughs> yeah. How many miles have you gone so far and not needed it though? Uh, 3,400. That is freaking incredible. <laughs> so I'm two thirds the way done with this trip, which is just crazy. Wow. So it's pretty much just over to Seattle from where you're at and then just down, you can do like the Pacific Coast Highway or something like that? Um, I really haven't decided which way I'm going down from Seattle. I'm not sure whether I want to be on the coast or kind of more inland. And the benefits of being more inland is getting to go through like Portland and stuff. So it's kind of a, once I get to Seattle, I'll decide. That's really cool. So you don't really have a set plan other than you just kind of shooting for areas and then you're just kind of making it up as you go. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I, so my entire like route planning for this trip was like 10 minutes with me in front of my computer on Google maps and just like, all right, well, I have a friend here, family there, and I've heard of that town. And so we'll go there as well. And so, um, the only kind of major route changes I've made on this trip were um, cutting out Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I only wanted to go there because of the Coke Museum, and I really like Coca-Cola. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go visit that. But uh, I had to cut that out just for time. And then um, the other route change was... Um, in i was originally going to go to el paso but i decided to head up head up north through carlsbad instead so what what gave you this idea initially to do this so this is this is kind of a ridiculous thing but it it started off as a joke um (laughs) so, so in in high school like i just I played video games with a lot of people 
and um, a good portion of them were Americans. And one day I was joking around and told them I was going to visit all of them. And so for some reason, like that idea just stuck in my brain and just like bounced around over the period of like probably a year. And then it just went from, you know, like just literally a joke to um, me actually kind of like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And uh, also the walking thing, I don't drive at all. Like I don't even have a driver's license. So I figured, yeah, we'll just walk. And also uh, cycling is kind of, I don't know, it's a pain in the buttocks. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so when you decided that you were going to do this, uh, what did your what did your family have to say? Like, what were their thoughts? So, my dad's from California, right? I mean, he he's a hippie, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but my dad was pretty cool with it. He was like, "Yeah, you know, that's a really cool idea for a trip. You know, do some like soul searching type of thing." And I just kind of wanted to do it for the experience, not so much for like, you know. Oh, I'm going to just enhance my spirit or something like that. Um, and then my mom is a bit more conservative. So um, trying to, it, it took a little bit to convince her, but she came around to the idea. I think the biggest kind of reason why she did was I think she knew I was going to do it no matter what she said. So she just, you know, told me, oh, yeah, be safe and stay in contact and that sort of thing. And so and both of my parents actually like have my blog information through Reddit and stuff. And they have like accounts and they'll comment every now and again. And so, yeah, kind of have uh, family support on this, which is really nice. Um, although my mom's uh, kind of her her side of the family was very much against the trip. Um, they up pretty much up until the day I left, they, uh, tried to talk me out of it. You know, there was everything from, Oh, why don't you just go to Europe for a couple weeks or something? Or why don't you, uh, just take a train across America or why not just go across Canada? Cause all the Americans have guns. So, but yeah, eventually, um, I'm not sure if they've come around, but they at least acknowledge that I'm walking on this trip. So have you bumped any, into any crazy Americans yet? Um, Hmm. So I've met a ton of people with all sorts of beliefs. So I've met everyone from like super like hippies to like just extreme conservative like young earth creationist people that like don't believe in evolution or the big bang or like any of that. Um, and so, and to me like that, to me, that's kind of crazy, but then it's weird because I talk to these people and they're like, you know, they're in a perfectly sane state of mind and they seem fairly reasonable and not too much different from you or I or anything. And, so it's weird to kind of come to terms with almost not being able to like stereotype them as like just some like redneck idiot or anything. Like it's, you know, uh, I talked to some people in 
um, kind of like the bottom part of Ohio. And one of them was a dentist and the other was a teacher. And like just having like a several hour conversation with them about, you know, all that sort of thing. And it was just kind of eye opening because, you know, being up in Canada, we're a little more, uh, I guess, accepting of science. So it was, it was a weird experience. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. The people who choose that science is something that you can just believe or not believe in. It is odd to see somebody come from a point of view that it's it's you know obviously they're not getting it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, science science simply is if it, it's if it's backed up with data <laughs> and it's measurable and and you can you know reproduce those uh, those results and people setting out to disprove it will actually find that no it is true as well and it, it yeah it's it's, uh... it's weird it's like i don't know the the young earth people and stuff they they do blow my mind a bit i'm i'm really big into geology and so <laughs> it's mm, like it's yeah like, it's like uh okay that do you know what radiocarbon dating is <laughs> do, you, do you know yeah, the age exactly. of rocks <laughs> Uh, the geologic functions of this planet like no they just want to choose to believe in you know i I don't want to denigrate anybody for for their faith but there does come a time where it's like i think you need to accept science yeah and uh it might be a controversial view but that is my view (laughs) i i feel like it's basically only controversial in america kind of like the rest of the world's gonna like I, I don't mean to be mean or anything, but it's no, just be like, honest. Mo- America's weird right now, dude. It's America's really weird right now. <laughs> God yeah. bless you for wanting to go and walk across <laughs> it right now. <laughs> yeah, and keep in mind, I walked across it. I started in August of last year, oh um, and so I walked all the way through election time. So that, like. And I heard a lot of, you know, like political rhetoric, like, you know, oh, America is super divided. And um, but it didn't really change how I was treated before and after the election. So, you know, I I kind of mentally um, like separate America politically and then like or like political America and then kind of actual America, which is just how people generally are versus how like when you bring politics into it, they just, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's just one of those things that's best probably not to bring up. (laughs) Yeah. That that you should never talk politics or, or religion in a bar. It's like the surest way to get into a fight. Yeah. And I'm like this heathen liberal. So, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I tend to I swing pretty the liberal. Entire so. South. <laughs> so I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I, I went through the entire South, through the Bible Belt and everything. And man, that was, that was crazy. But, you know, I'm fairly understanding of other people's beliefs. I don't have any problems with it. It's just. Yeah. It my biggest philosophy is just try and go through life without, without. I, I try to not have a negative impact on the people around me. And then I hope that I'll generate enough goodwill doing that, that maybe other people won't be as likely to have a negative impact on me, you know, kind of, kind of generate a good karma. 
Yeah, it's type, right. Type and it's, you know, it's basically like the golden rule. Yeah, like you exactly. know, exactly. <laughs> right, and that, that's why they call it the golden rule because it's like just this universally pretty much accepted thing. Like you know, just don't be a jerk and hope other people aren't a jerk to you, and it's good. And but it, it sounds like you've been having mostly positive experiences on your trip too. So you're. It seems to be the golden rule is probably paying off. And are you really seeming, does it really seem like, you know, on a face-to-face basis, you know, most of the people you're running into are pretty good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I I haven't had really any negative, uh, like, human interaction. Like, stuff is either, you know, like, people are just completely neutral to me or they're definitely really good. Uh, th- there have been two experiences which like have been a little iffy. Um, one of them, or I don't know if iffy is the right word, um, but one of them was um, when I was kind of on the Colorado-Utah border, like a mile from it on the Colorado side. I was stopped by a police guy, or um, I think it was a sheriff deputy. And so, um, yeah, he stopped me and he ran my ID and everything. And, um, and that happens all the time. Um, but then he ran my license plates like, and I, I think I had like four of them on at the time and he ran all of them, which just like kind of seemed like a jerk move cause he had no need to, but then the guy ended up buying me a uh, dinner like afterwards. So. Yeah, like, yeah, I know, right? And um, then the other experiences experience was recently, actually, it's like two days ago in uh, uh, Rockland, Idaho, and so I kind of I was, it was towards the end of the day, and it looked like it was about to start raining, and so I was just trying to find a place to camp, and there was you know no campgrounds, no parks, no churches doing my usual thing. So I started going up to houses and knocking on the door and everything and, you know, just going to ask, Hey, can I camp in your yard? Um, but it was kind of like a older, uh, like population and stuff and very rural. Um, and so after like the third house or something, a guy comes up in this truck and he's like, um, you know, he, swears at me a little bit, you know, what, what the heck are you doing? But heck substitute for a much, uh, more vulgar <laughs> word. Um, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, but then I kind of explained about my trip and everything and, uh, he ended up driving me into Rockland, um, into the town because we're maybe 10 miles out of it. He's like, yeah, there's a city park here. You can camp and, and by the end of it, he was like, yeah, and tomorrow morning I'll come down to the local cafe and I'll buy you some breakfast or coffee or whatever. And so, yeah, it started off with him kind of swearing at me. And then, yeah, what a cool twist. Past, <laughs> he, he bought me breakfast, right? Yeah. And uh, actually, so right now I'm in the RV of someone uh, like he had a few friends with him during breakfast. And I'm in the RV of someone who uh, was there, one of his friends. And so, you know. Two nights later, I'm, I have a place to camp, and so, yeah, you know, 
sometimes fortunate twist people of just are, <laughs> yeah a little more wary of strangers but they're you know still good people so um what's man that's <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of thinking on you know i'd asked you earlier like what your favorite what your favorite place was but and you said you like the mountains the most um is it pretty much just been the rocky mountains that you've dealt with or did you get much in the appalachian mountains when you were over on the east coast um so i didn't actually go through the rocky mountains um the oh, Hamas mountains are kind of it's like a tail for them yeah yeah i was too far south like the i think the Hamas mountains are kind of part of them or like not exactly part of them but a bit further south kind of like a tail or something um i'm not entirely sure on that though but yeah i I really like mountainous areas but you know pretty much anything uh kind of my least favorite scenery was west texas though like it was just so flat and dry and just no towns for you know quite a few miles are you kind of basing the the path of your trip kind of like on the seasons like when it was when it was more winter you were more down south yeah yeah so that was part of uh like my reasoning for this was just you know oh yeah we'll just go south for the winter right like a Canada geese, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I was in Louisiana, Texas, and New Mexico for pretty much the entirety of winter. Yeah, I was thinking you'd said you spent so, Christmas like or Thanksgiving in Austin, right? Yeah, was it Christmas? Yeah, well, uh, technically, technically it was Round Rock, which is just north of Austin, um, and I spent Thanksgiving there with some cousins of mine, and then I spent Christmas and kind of the Dallas Fort Worth area with uh an uncle and aunt of mine. That's really cool that you're able to connect with all this family and stuff along the way. Yeah. And so um actually uh Easter's in a few days from I guess when we're recording this and I don't know anybody in the state of Idaho. So I kind of just messaged a few people on couch surfing saying, you know, hey uh you mind if I come over for some Easter, uh, Easter food and Easter dinner or something. And so I, I haven't heard back yet. So we'll see. <laughs> well, but I hope you do. <laughs> hope, hopefully, you know, I'm indoors cause I'll be in, uh, twin falls for Easter, Easter Sunday. So, yep. Nice. So did you pretty much grow up in Canada then? Like, is that primarily where you were from or? And then, like, just your dad was from California, or did you spend any time in California prior to? Uh, yeah, I, I lived in California. I was actually born in San Francisco. Oh, okay. But, yeah, and so, you know, and uh, when I was living in California, I'd spend my summers in Canada. When I was living in Canada, I spent my summers in uh, California. So, yeah, I'm kind of pretty much both. I like to like pr- pretty much equally um, American and Canadian, but kind of when I'm down here in America, I'm the Canadian. When I'm up in Canada, I'm the American. So, <laughs> That's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, like, what are your plans to do uh, after this? Um, so my original plan was to uh, go to university, and I already, you know, got accepted and everything, but I've chosen to defer my uh, attendance for a year. Um, and so I've kind of just decided I'm going to, uh, so I'll finish this trip up, and then I'll probably just kind of, like, hitchhike around and walk around and visit a bunch of states and make some, like, vlog videos and stuff. Um, just kind of have fun, record some cool stuff. And just cause like, you know, I've seen 15 States so far. And by the end of this, I'll have gone through 18, but you know, there's still another, was it 32 States that I haven't been to or, well, I've been to a couple States on my own, but, and there's so much stuff even within the States I've been to that I haven't seen. And so I'd like to just travel a bit more and go through some of the um, Canadian provinces as well. I've heard British Columbia is really, really fantastic. Yeah. I've actually never been there. I think the farthest west I've been is Colorado Springs. And I've been there a couple times. I I haven't traveled too much. And where are you from? Uh, I live in Iowa, just outside Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids mm. would be in, in eastern Iowa. I don't think I've ever been to Iowa. <laughs> uh, the the eastern half of the state is really, really beautiful. It's it's in the driftless zone of the country where the, the glaciers kind of split and didn't bull down, bulldoze down through this area of it would be, um, mm. it'd be in the uh, eastern part of Iowa, eastern part of Minnesota, western... Uh, Wisconsin and Illinois. And so there's lots of, like, have you seen Grant Wood paintings? Um, no, I haven't. He's the guy who did the American Gothic. And he also did, he's also famous for doing lots of oh. rolling hill landscapes. Oh, okay. And he, hmm. he was very much inspired by him growing up in this area along the Driftless Zone. Lot, lots of big rolling hills. But you get out into western Iowa and it's, it's, it tends to be more flat. Yeah, I'll come visit you sometime then. <laughs> yeah, if, if if you're on foot, definitely don't do it in high summer or in the middle of winter. Because <laughs> our winters are just brutal uh, cold. Yeah. And our summers are, are just, oh, they're just sweltering, like really, really high humidity. And uh, they, they do that. If you're into riding bikes, though, Iowa's got this famous thing called Ragbri that they do everywhere every year, which is like a, a bike ride across the state. So Iowa's got hmm. the Missouri River on the western boundary of the state, and it's got the Mississippi on the east. And so Ragbri, they start off like basically like they dip their tires in the Missouri River, and then they ride across the state. And it's like a big rolling party the whole way across the state, just a bunch of oh, drunk, that's pretty cool. drunk people on bikes. And yeah, a couple of years ago, they actually went through the little town. I just I live in a little town that's only probably got like around a thousand people or so in it. And they came through our town, and it was nuts. It was like a full day of just bikes that took up the entire lane on that side of the road. Like, I was driving home from work, and it was almost scary seeing that many bikes coming at you. But and it, these are bicycles, area. not, like, motorcycles, right? Correct, bicycles. Yep. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, because <laughs> some people just call motorcycles bikes. And... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, it's, it's bicyclists. 
Yeah, and they always do it in the okay. middle of summer when it's just hot as hell. But everyone who does this says it's really fun. But like you, like you said earlier, with the the bicycling being a literal pain in the butt. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I um, ride one for too long, let alone a few days. I uh, in Moab, I took a day or two days off, and one of those days, I uh, biked from Moab to Arches National Park and biked around Arches, and so. I biked about 30 miles throughout the day and oh man by the end of it i was i was in pain <laughs> you're feeling it in your quads <laughs> that's where yeah I, that's where i always hurt the most from bicycling it's like the next day i'm like god damn those muscles in my legs hurt <laughs> oh man and i've actually uh committed to riding my or riding a bike across canada next summer oh, with nice. a friend of mine yeah yeah, that, that actually was like, oh, man, I should totally bike across Canada now that I'm walking across America. So I asked my friend, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so now I kind of have to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of just forced myself into this one. So you really need to document all these trips, take lots of pictures, and I guarantee you'd be able to write a book of some sort out of this. Oh, Wait, dude, I could... I could write a book after just this trip. Oh, well, oh, without a doubt. I mean, this is just, this is something that, I mean, how many people out of the population have done something like this? It's, it's pretty wild. I, I think it's very yeah. inspiring as well, especially in the, the day and age of, that we live in now. You know, like when you're on a long car trip, it's, it's really handy to be able to get from places really fast, but, and if you zone out and think like, wow, I'm just sitting in a chair that's moving like 70, 80 miles an hour and all this, yeah. like, everything's just going by so fast. And you, at that point, you're more focused on just trying to get to where you're going, you know, as quickly as possible. So you can just be there and like, you're really savoring in the journey. And yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm. All the small towns that you'd normally just drive through, maybe stop for gas. I'm, I'm walking through them and spending the night and everything, and, um, yeah, you know, get to acquaint myself with the people that live there, and, and most people just drive right past them. So that that's definitely one of the really cool things about walking is, I get to just you know, spend a night or whatever and just you know, become one of the locals in some, sometimes, which is just really cool. And you kind of get to understand how people think. So. Uh, you mentioned going to, uh, Arches, uh, national park. Have you gone and visited many national parks along your trip? Um, I think I've gone through four so far. So mammoth cave in Kentucky, uh, Carlsbad cavern in, uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico, and then Arches and um, Canyonlands, which are right next to Moab, Utah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I love that sort of scenery. My wife and I have been talking about getting out west for a long time and going out and just kind of driving, going on a road trip and seeing things. And we're, we got uh, we got two boys. We got a six year old and a nine year old, and so we're they're starting to get to mm. the age where they're a little bit more sufferable in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so we just need to wait for them to get that maturity so we can make the trip and and get to where we're going with a shred of sanity left. <laughs> yeah, 
um, when I think I was either eight or nine years old, um, me and my dad did a road trip from, uh, basically from the same two places where I started ending, but kind of in the reverse way from California to Canada, um, or to Ontario. And, you know, we took, I think eight days and it was just me and him and it's a great road trip. That sounds great. Although that, that was, that was a more Northern route and that was, I think we did about 3,300 miles. So I've gone more on this trip than we did by car. <laughs> That's got to be weird when you put it in that perspective. Yeah, and also eight days, and I've been going for eight months now. Yeah, tomorrow will be eight months. Wow. Um, how long do you think so, it'll be yeah. before you're you're at your destination? How long do you think the trip will end up being overall? Uh, overall, I think it's going to be nearly 11 months. So, um, I still have about three more months to go. Um, yeah, yeah. Three more months until I'm ending in San Francisco. And so I'm, I'm aiming for kind of around July 4th, just so I can be in San Francisco for the fireworks and everything on independence day. What sort of mix of emotions does that give you when you think about the fact that you're nearing the end point of your journey? Oh, I, I don't think about it at all. Um, I just focus on like right now. My next major city is Boise, like that. That's all I care about, and that's only kind of like I faintly care about it. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to be in Boise in about two weeks, and but really, I'm just concerned with uh, you know, all right, 20 miles from uh, kind of the around Rupert, Idaho is wherever I'll yeah you know, end up. But 20 miles from here. And then 20 miles from there, like I, I just kind of live in, you know, tomorrow or today and tomorrow and maybe the next day. Like I, I do my best not to think about San Francisco. Like I, I have to plan some stuff out from when I'm there, but try and just go like only kind of plan out to the next major city at most. Is that the mentality that you've been putting towards it the entire trip? Yep. Yeah, so, you know, I started off, I was just walking to Buffalo, and then I was just walking to Cleveland, and then I was just walking to uh, near Dayton, and then I was just walking to Cincinnati, and then Louisville and Nashville, and so I was just, you know, all right, here's like two weeks to a month to this next major city, and then that's that's my goal, right? And I, I don't really zoom out because I'm I feel like I'm afraid to do that. You know, just like, oh man, actually now now I'm thinking about it. It's like, you know, I'm two thirds the way done with this trip. Like, wow. Or like every once in a while, it'll just occur to me like, I've walked a really long ways. It's like, you know, that, that <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. stupid <laughs> to think about, but like, it just, most of the time it doesn't occur to me. Like it just, I, I don't think about it too much. And I guess it's kind of like, you know, when you ask someone like how long have they been working where they are working now or something, and they don't think like, oh yeah, you know, I've been working here for three years and, you know, six months or something, right? You know, you just think like, yeah, I've been working here for a while and every once in a while it's like, oh wow, time flies. So yeah, it just... Every once in a while, it really sinks in and just like, 
what am I doing in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico or Texas, right? Yeah, and, and just the amount of, of alone time that that you're having, you know, it's wow. I mean, yeah, it, it's it it may not seem like it to you because you're living it every day, but I mean, it's a really heavy thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be and, twenty and just being like, yeah, I'm gonna just go out and I'm gonna be completely on my own, and beyond that, I'm on all alone on my on foot. And it's like, yeah, you know, you've still got your lifeline. You, you got a phone. You can call people and stuff. But I mean, still, that's when, when I when I think I'm if I were to picture one of my kids doing it. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's an incredibly brave thing that you're doing as well. Yeah, thank you. I um, yeah. And kind of getting back to what you were saying just a moment ago, um, like to me, it doesn't seem like this like incredibly hard thing. Cause like, I just focus on it and like my walking is basically just like a day at work. Right. You know, I just, all right here, I'll just spend eight to 10 hours a day walking. And like, you know, instead of going to work, I just get up and just start moving. Right. Yeah. And like that, like there's a kind of few days to a week adjustment period, but then after that, it just becomes, you know, habit. Right. And so, like, as kind of an outsider looking in on this trip or, like, as someone who isn't familiar with it, you know, it's like, oh, what about all the dangers and stuff? But, and then for me, it's, you know, I've been walking for eight months and haven't really had any trouble with anything. And, I mean, I don't, I hope that continues. <laughs> so. Well, like, speaking of that sort of, like, you know, potential dangers and stuff. Now that you're starting to get up into the American Northwest, are you worried about wildlife or anything up there? Um, I'm going to be a bit more worried than as I was on most of this trip. Um, just because like I was mainly going through winter and stuff hibernates and stuff during then. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be a little more cautious I might have to like look into the rules and get some like bear spray or dog spray or something. That's what I was just going to ask if you had a can of bear spray. Nope. I've also been asked a few times if I have a gun or anything and me being the, you know, I mean, I, I was raised in the nice Bay Canadian area in California or uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, no, like, you know, I have my pocket knife. <laughs> that's not gonna stop a bear <laughs> I, yeah i i don't think so <laughs> quite honestly even, uh, even the people ask if you have a gun like if they're asking you in terms of wildlife it'd be like dude you have to carry a big gun a big handgun to stop a bear but yeah i mean i'd imagine some people are probably asking just in terms of self-defense against you know probably the 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 more the the bigger threat that I'd imagine most people would imagine two legged would be, wolves. There you go. <laughs> if I could get it spit out. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of blows my yeah. mind that you've traveled this far and and like I'm I'm extremely happy for you that you haven't dealt with any weirdos. But I mean, it yeah, doesn't really sound like you have. Like throughout this trip, I've kind of been told like you know oh, you know, maybe you could do this kind of thing back in the 70s or 80s. And 
you'd be okay, but you know, I wouldn't do it in today just because of how everybody's crazy these days and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I I don't think it's really changed a whole lot in the last few decades. I think people are just about the same, and I don't think it, people are any meaner or kinder. I think they're pretty similar to the way they were, and so yeah, yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> that's really good. I mean, because that was one of the first worries that that popped into my head when I you know pictured myself doing it, but. I can also at times have a very cynical outlook on people. (laughs) Yeah. And I think most people do. I started out a lot more cynical than I was like, I've always been kind of like a little bit, you know, yeah, I I think people will be pretty generally kind to me, but I expected to run into some incidents, especially in the South, given that like, you know, I'm a Brown guy with a beard. Um, the beard, of course, I've I've been only growing it out on this trip, so I'm actually pretty proud as a 20 year old, you know, how long I've grown it out. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I've had oh, you got a beard too? Oh, dude, it is part of my identity. I've had one for years. Um, I think probably like eight years ago or so, I actually shaved the whole thing off. Like I made a mistake while I was trimming it, and I did oh. not like the way I looked in the mirror for like a week. And then when it finally grew in thick enough, I was like, oh, Joe's back. <laughs> it's like, I don't know who that fat-faced guy was in the mirror, but I didn't like him. <laughs> do you use any, like, uh, do you use any, like, uh, special beard care stuff? Do I? <laughs> yeah. No, I got a stiff bristle brush. I brush it every morning and night mm-hmm. just to, so it doesn't get, like, tangled up, but... Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't like, have like yes. some big ZZ top beard or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do customer service with my job. And so I think they'd frown on me if I started looking like a homeless guy. And so I got to oh, keep man, it I, somewhat nice. <laughs> I I definitely look like a homeless guy, you know, just be <laughs> with this kind of beard. That, like I, I trimmed it a little bit in Fort Worth, um, but that's it. Like I haven't, like touched it for several months and so do you have yeah, any like any pictures of you on online or anything like that uh yeah there should every so i'm i'm bad about taking pictures of myself um but yeah every probably a couple of weeks at least i usually will post one um because i, I so. started following you on instagram oh but I, I didn't have time to really flip through it or much, because as as soon as I as soon as I kind of heard your story and read just a little bit on on your um your Reddit page, I was like, you know, I'd really rather hear this from you, and so and so I didn't really do much internet stalking of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So um, I think actually on my Instagram there's um some photos of me at the VLA on the satellite dish. So if you want to kind of get an idea of actually like how big those things are. Oh, like okay. just... I'm looking at a picture of you at uh, Zuta at Willow Park and you're holding a bird. So yeah, I see your beard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's a fine beard. <laughs> Six Thank days you. ago. There we go. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's 
it'll uh, you'll have to go back a ways before you see the previous picture of me. I think just because I really don't post them too often. There's actually a lot. I, I'd say there's probably more pictures of spoons on my uh, Instagram than of me. Of spoons. Spoons, yeah. So um, there's a there's a famous Yogi Berra quote: "If you see a fork in the road, grab it." And I've been walking quite a long ways, and I've seen a lot more spoons than forks. So I like to always, uh, I have like a utensil uh, count that I have going. So one for forks, one for spoons. And... Yeah, I just saw one here. It's two spoons next to each other. Spoon count thirteen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Those you just that was... to find two spoons laying like... on the side of the road. Yeah, I'm like, what are the odds of that? Two that spoons. That is so weird. Like meter. Yeah, I I don't know how those two got like maybe someone maybe like a couple was having an argument and they just threw up some of the cutlery but only the spoons. I I just and I always wonder where like these spoons come from. <laughs> like I I only post pictures of like metal utensils cuz occasionally I'll see like plastic stuff and I'll think oh someone probably just was littering throwing it out the window not caring. Yeah. But then it's like these are metal metal spoons and stuff. Why, like, you know, why would you waste that? So, uh, God only knows. But, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah, I'm, the, the I'm thing pretty that far up me there. Out is when you see a single shoe on the side of the road. I'm always like, well, what happened here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen quite a few shoes. I haven't counted them up, but if I had to estimate, I'd say... Probably around 20 shoes of just all sorts of sizes. And, you know, I've seen shoes for like toddlers and then like men's work boots and everything in between. But pretty much only ever one shoe at a time. I get a lot of windshield time with my job. I'm always driving um, from place to place. And mm-hmm. the really nasty thing I see on the side of the road constantly is bottles of piss. Yep, I've seen quite a few of those. Fuckers mainly. Yeah, it it's so gnarly. I'll be driving along and like you know from a distance you got brand recognition. I'll be like, okay, that's a Pepsi bottle, and it's half full of something yellow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not Pepsi. What the hell's wrong with people? People are freaking savages. It's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're going to stop at a fuel station at some point. I understand if you really got to go and you can't stop. Okay, fine. Fill a bottle. But don't chuck it out the window. That's, somebody's yeah, going to pick that up at some throw point. It out. It's just so gross. <laughs> yeah, I never understood that. Bottles of pee. <laughs> Man, I, I've peed on so many different places. <laughs> I, yeah, I can like, only imagine. Just, I mean, overall, right? You know, I don't have a home to go home to or anything. It's just so I've peed on all sorts of buildings, and one <laughs> one place I really like to go is uh, kind of on state lines. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, yeah, let's just go there. Yeah, that's kind of funny. How many people can say that? <laughs> I've heard of people honking <laughs> as they cross a state line when they're in their car. I've never heard of somebody stopping and peeing on one. 
<laughs> It'd be so convenient <laughs> if you just got to just slow, you know, like you're just pushing a cart. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, just put the brakes on, walk off to like some trees or something, you know, nature's business. <laughs> got to do it sometimes, right? Yeah. So how tempted were you when you're at the Four Corners Monument? <laughs> Did you have to have a talk with yourself? <laughs> <sighs> yeah you're like the one is part it, of your brain's I, like yeah, you could do four at once you could do four at once this will be your only chance <laughs> but you, you have to keep in mind it's like like there's a ton of people around and like families and stuff oh yeah i saw the pictures saw the on your Navajo reservation <laughs> yeah so i i'd get into quite a, quite a bit of trouble on that also a lot of people um will like lay down on it so that they can like lay in all four places at once. Um, so that <laughs> that'd be a bit rude of me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be really, <laughs> it would be really funny. I mean, it would be great. Like <laughs> you're in jail. <laughs> the guy next to you, like, what are you in for? Like, oh, I peed on four state lines at once. <laughs> and I made a group of school children cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Now I see like now I feel like that's my that might be one of my life goals to sneak in sometime after dark and just to just say I did it, right? <laughs> so uh I successfully those, planted a seed of mischief. <laughs> Those listening, you better go to Four Corners now, otherwise you're just going to be like laying down on my head. Um, uh, That's fantastic. <laughs> such a weird mental picture. <laughs> Going on a stealth mission at night, just, I got to cross it off the list. <laughs> the goddamn yeah, guy you know, from Iowa put it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta have some fun stuff on the bucket list <laughs> do you have some, some sort of bucket list or anything like that because i'd imagine if you do you're getting stuff crossed off as you go along I, I i actually don't have a bucket list i should make one though i feel like it'll just feel like a bunch of countries i'll either try and walk or bike across because like i'm already committed to biking across canada and like I, I have some uh, ideas of walking uh, the height of Britain, like from Scotland to the uh, English Channel or whatever it is uh, oh, that nice. separates it. Like walk the then, the length of of uh, the UK or whatever from north to south. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, so that'd be awesome. So, but I'm not, I'm not going to like agree to that or like solidly say I'm going to do that just because I feel like. I got to finish this and maybe, maybe as I'm on my bike across Canada trip, I'll decide to do that, but I don't want to like overcommit myself, you know? So that way, if I back out of anything, I, I'm not like, you know, some guy who just says he's going to do something and then doesn't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be held to something by the public at large. <laughs> <laughs> You said you were going to walk across the United Kingdom, you fraud. <laughs> I changed I'll just be mind. in the hospital with some broken bones or something from goodness knows what else. But, yeah. Well, yeah. And so when when you said earlier that you had that time where you thought you might have had food, uh, food poisoning, is that the only 
like sort of sickness or anything that you've had to deal with on this trip? Mm, yep. Wow. Yeah, that was incredibly much fortunate. It. Oh yeah. Plus, I feel like my body is like just at a hundred percent, like just because I'm exercising so much, you know, right? Like yeah. just peak performance. But I mean, there have been a few days where it's like eh, I don't really feel like walking or whatever. But and on those days, I'll just walk, you know, ten miles or something. Yeah. I'll do a half day every now and again, and um, so and then you know, major cities and stuff, I take a day off. So like in Boise, I'll actually in Twin Falls, I'll take a day off for Easter, and then in Boise, I might take a day or two off, and then in Seattle and. If I go through Portland and then San Francisco, I'll just take the rest of my life off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Are there ever anything specifically that you want to do when you have your rest days, or do you just kind of play it by ear as you go along? Uh, like, do you have any sort of hobbies or anything like that that you do that you look forward to doing in certain areas? Or, um, so it, it depends on the area. So, like in Moab. Right, I took the two days off just because I wanted to see the national parks. Um, and then in big cities, like um, every once in a while, I'll try and do like a meetup or something. Or um, like in some major cities, I've been on TV or the radio. So like uh, Cleveland, um, Austin, and Fort Worth. No, uh, Dallas. I was on the television, like TV news. And then in uh, Cincinnati and Salt Lake, I was on the radio. So, you know, that'll play a part or um, like I might just be with someone and they want to show me around and do that and have some fun. Or if uh, people tell me like, oh, yeah, you got to check out this, you know, like here's the cool thing that only our town has. I'll try and do that. Just the amount of experiences you've got to be having along the way. It's just, it's really, really incredible. Yeah. So, like, what, um, when I was sick in Louisiana and then I ended up in Houston, like, you know, after I was kind of, like, starting to recover, I walked uh, eight miles to the San Jacinto Monument, which is where, like, one of the, when Texas was its own country, one of its, like, battles for independence um, and so I walked eight miles there and eight miles back and, you know, so half the time or maybe a lot of times on my day, days off, I end up walking. It's like the only difference is I either don't have my backpack or stroller. Um, oh, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but I only got my first stroller in Fort Worth. Um, and then my second stroller. You walked all the way from Canada to Fort Worth with just carrying everything in a backpack at first? Yep. Yeah, those wow. first 2,000 miles. Um, How but, heavy was your oh, pack? I, guess, I mean, because did you have a tent and, and all that sort of stuff in it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so uh, it was around 50 pounds. Um, oh, dude, you're a trooper. And... <laughs> I carry a heavy pack <laughs> when, I go out, when I go out rock climbing. I carry a pack that's around that. And that's no joke, man. It starts to wear on your shoulders yeah. after a while. <laughs> yeah. By the end of the day, like, you know, properly the weight should be on your hips. But then mm -hmm. by the end of the day, like, 
it just ends up on your shoulders. And then when my shoulders start hurting, that's when I pretty much call it a day. And so back then I was doing like 15 to 18 miles a day. Um, and so once I switched to the stroller, now I'm doing 20 to 25 a day. Wow. Um, so it, it's really made a difference. Um, but going back, kind of back to the sickness thing, uh, when I was a bit north of Waco, Texas, in a town called Abbott, um, I actually hurt my hip. Like it was basically from walking from Waco to Abbott that I just over about two days that it took me to get there, like my hip just started hurting and it just got worse and worse. And by the end of it, like I just couldn't, you know, walk anymore with the weight of the backpack on it. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, I'd walk like a hundred feet and then stop for like two minutes and then, you know, a hundred more feet. And I just couldn't do it. Uh, so I ended up hitchhiking to, kind of the South Lake area um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, I think they call it the Metroplex. Um, so, and yeah, that's why in Fort Worth I got myself a stroller. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe that, man. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah. What an incredibly arduous journey that you've set upon. <laughs> And you're intentionally like making it like zigzag all around and stuff. I I just love it, man. It's yeah, you know. I mean, I'm not gonna walk across America a second time. I gotta. I'm I'm doing it once, and that's it. Like, so I'm gonna make it as scenic as possible. Go through like some major areas and everything, and have as much fun as possible. And that's why, I like, you know, I it's um you know I say yes to just about every opportunity I get, right? Um, so like in New Mexico, I wasn't originally planning to walk through Socorro and go through like the VLA area, but Stonomer reached out to me and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe like it may add like an extra 20 miles to my trip, but I'm never going to get that opportunity again, right? So I'm trying to just be like, yes, I will do this within reason. Um, so yeah. And like when I was in Logan, I, um, took the day off and I went up to some hot springs and it was my first time going to hot springs before. Um, so that was, that was pretty nice and relaxing. Yeah. I've never been to those either, but it sounds awesome. I'm just blown away by this positive mental attitude that you have with this whole thing. It's just, it is really, really fantastic. Yeah, and like so, just like a positive attitude affects so much because oh, I absolutely on that agree. on that day um, in the Hamas Mountains, like that that road. If I was in like a bad mood, that would have been one of the most miserable points in my life. But for some reason, like I I can't even like it was inexplicable. But I was like, yeah, I'm in a pretty good mood despite like this this that day of the trip just being kind of shit um like you know but i was in a good mood and so it wasn't wasn't as bad but i know if i had been in any sort of negative mood i who would have made it 10 times worse yeah yeah (laughs) if you're in a situation like that you've yeah you you can't give in to negativity 
because everything around you, mm. you know, is already shit. <laughs> so you got to have a calm island within your mind to be able to, you know, really honestly get through it. Wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, like the rest of the Hamas Mountains were pretty nice, like just absolutely beautiful areas and snow-capped mountains and everything. And so, but the rest of it is paved. It's just that one road. It was actually, uh, they closed it to vehicles during the winter um, and it was closed for some construction during that time period. So, but because I was with the stroller, they allowed me to go through like, you know, actually one of the construction workers was like, but you got more balls than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Like in regards to your whole journey. Yeah, well, I, I think it was just uh, just, just talking about that, that little stretch of, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, an eight-mile stretch of road, but it was, you know, uphill through a bunch of mud. I almost Ugh. lost my shoes a couple of times, like, them getting sucked out, um, <laughs> but actually managed to keep them on. <laughs> yeah, so. that's happened to me a few times. <laughs> I, I do lots of, like, backcountry hiking. And I I just, I love being in the outdoors. And so, you know, a a really big part uh, of your journey here really speaks to me. But I honestly question whether or not I would have the (laughs) mental fortitude and and even the level of bravery that would be required at times. Because there's times where, where I've thought about going out camping somewhere just in like Iowa's very limited backcountry, which isn't big. Like, you know, I mean, mm. I always joke and say there's no reason to ever get lost anywhere in Iowa because if you walk a straight enough line, you're eventually going to run into a farm, a field or something like that. <laughs> you know, and yeah. if, if there's a field, then that means it's been reached with a tractor, which means there's going to be a road somewhere around it. So just keep going. You're eventually going to get safe. But but yeah, yeah there's I been mean, times before where I've been like, yeah, I think I'm going to go out and camp out in the middle of nowhere. And then like it starts <laughs> getting dark. It's like, you know, I think I'm going to walk back to the car and go home. <laughs> <laughs> And you're out doing it by yourself all over the place. And so, yeah, I, I find that very inspiring. Yeah. And like the, the thing is like in some things, like I, I'm just a complete wuss, right? Like when it comes to, I don't know, running or jogging, like at most I could probably do about half a mile before I'm tired. Right. Like I'm, I'm not like this super physically, you know, strong, like this perfect specimen of humanity. Like I'm just, I just, walking is easy, so I do that, <laughs> right, you know, and I also never shit in the woods, never, like that, you know, you gotta have some pride or like some self that you've never little, shit in the woods? <laughs> never once in my life have I not shit on a toilet, like excluding <laughs> being a baby. Um, I gotta tell you, I've taken like, lots of wild, I call it a wild dump. I've taken lots of wild dumps and they're not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked to some like, people who disagree with me on that. And I'm always like, no, I, I don't like to go out. And like, if it's someplace where you can get away with just digging the cat hole and, and then yeah. you have to squat down over a hole and then shit into it and then burn your toilet paper and then <laughs> bury it. It's like, no, that's not fun. But Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I, I have hiked the Zion Narrows. I've hiked up Half Dome. I've walked two thirds away across America. I only shouldn't toilets. That's that's one of my life mottos, you know. Just when when you said that, <laughs> that is a good motto though. 
I'm picturing what the logo would look like. They could be someone sitting <laughs> on a toilet and they'd be raising like a power fist up in the air. <laughs> when, when you said you walked to the top of Half Dome, though, did you go up that, like, that cable route that goes up the side of it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's, I think, the only way to get up to the top, isn't it? Well, yeah, unless you climb the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I, no, I was just hiking. <laughs> That's one of the things I would really like to do, though. My wife and I have both talked about how we would love to go up that cable route. And and I, I'm into rock climbing, but n- not the kind where you would go up and climb Half Dome. <laughs> not, not that I, I'm not sure if you can climb the face of Half Dome. Oh, sure. I know you there... Yeah, you can. Oh. Alex Honnold did it without a rope in 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> is that, I know there's uh, El Capitan, Yep. which is... Yeah, and that that's like quite a few people climb that but never seen because i've been to yosemite a few times in my life uh just when i lived in the bay area you know it's right close there Mm -hmm. um and so but i don't think i've ever seen anybody like climbing up half dome but all the time climbing up el capitan um have you ever heard of alex honnold i have no clue about the climbing world at all uh, he's he's like one of those rare climbers that's actually like made it over into mainstream, and so a lot of people have heard of him. Like he had a thing on on Twenty Minutes and every in um, what was that? Probably a few years ago, he was on Twenty Minutes. They did a special on him about how he free solos all this stuff. But uh, wow. yeah, I'll, I'll send you some links, <laughs> give you something to watch <laughs> when you're on one of your breaks, and it'll raise your heart rate. <laughs> like holy shit! <laughs> See, and like you know. I I'd never do anything like that, right? You know, mm-hmm. I I don't think most people would. And I I'm I'm very close to like your average person. Like this is kind of kind of walking is like kind of just my one thing where it's like yeah, I'm kind of a badass in this. But then the rest of it is like, nope, I'm not gonna climb up a mountain with or like rock climb up somewhere. I'm not gonna kayak the colorado river or anything like that like this is walking long distances that's my thing (laughs) you got a niche and you're gonna stick to it and be good at it (laughs) i can respect that yeah (laughs) uh, but i'm gonna branch into biking a little bit and then then it's just walking and biking and that's 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 what i am there you go I highly recommend that you try climbing sometime though. It's it's too much fun. <laughs> yeah, I I uh I rock climbed just a little bit um and repelled a little bit, but I haven't really I don't have any of the gear of my own. So That's a that's my... a big one. And the gear is expensive too. You gotta get it little pieces at a time to be able to yeah. you know, make it financially make sense, especially if you're on a budget. You know, yeah (laughs) and like all most of my camping gear was just you know done some hiking throughout my life and so um pretty much all of the gear you know the jet oil stove the backpack um the tent was given to me by a friend uh just because i didn't have a one-person tent i had like a a two-man or a three-man tent and so yeah and then, really, the shoes were my other cost. I, 
like of you know having to get some new ones and yeah but yeah like in kind of these you know outdoor sports you just sort of get something and then it just becomes a part of your gear and eventually you replace it but you know you just kind of go piece by piece (laughs) yeah it's the best way to do it I mean, you know, it'd be fun to have the the disposable income to be able to just go out and buy everything you need all at once. Yeah, especially like um, there's like this community of hikers and backpackers and stuff, and they do something called ultra light, where like they just try and get like the lightest thing possible, and they oh, care yeah. about everything. Yeah, they're they're and, counting grams. Oh yeah, and like, me, I'm I'm just like, yeah, I got some stuff here that. You know, here's a sleeping bag. I have no idea how much it weighs. You know, I don't, I, I don't know how much, like, any individual item weighs. <laughs> so you're not, like, cutting the handle off your toothbrush and just using the brushes on the end of it <laughs> to save three nope. grams of weight? <laughs> I'm not. I, I've heard of people will, where they'll they'll cut the tags off their clothes just to no. save, like, that still amount. Yes. <laughs> That's nutty. <laughs> 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 And I am, I don't care. (laughs) But yeah. And even, even after, especially after switching to the stroller, like, I don't really care that much, you know, although I, I do have to kind of find some stuff I don't need and just remove it just because it is getting, um, ever since I switched to the stroller, I've slowly been getting more and more stuff and just becoming a little more cluttered. And so, yeah, I gotta probably cut down at least maybe five pounds or something. Well, on that four I corners could... picture of you on the, on your Instagram, you, you, you got your stroller right next to you and it looked like it was pretty loaded down. Yeah. Cause I did a double yeah. check on it. And I'm like, is it a jogging stroller? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it that, is. That was what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was moments before it broke. Oh or, no. Well, like maybe cause I, I walked out of the place and then I went like, about a hundred meters down the hill to the left and tried running and it just did not like that. And it just broke on me. But like, I would still recommend the stroller just because, I mean, it lasted a thousand miles with like 20, 30 pounds more than the recommended weight, Wow! which is like, that's, that's way more than you can ask of a stroller. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. So, <laughs> I got two of those jogging strollers. We got one of the single ones and then a side-by-side one. And mm. this, yeah, they both just take up space in my garage now. Well, I mean, if <laughs> if mine ever breaks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You pay for the shipping label and I'll ship it to you. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm not sure how much cheap. one of those things. Yeah, yeah. That, that was my thought too, man. <laughs> <laughs> You let me worry about finding a big-ass cardboard box, and you pay for the shipping label. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, the shipping on that would probably be almost as, well, maybe not as much as the car itself, but. Yeah, that's where Amazon Prime would pay for itself, right? (laughs) Mm, Definitely. Um, so is you, is your, I'm, I'm assuming that it's a smartphone that you have. Is, is that really the only piece of tech that you've got along with you? Uh, yeah, so I have my smartphone, um, and then I have a battery pack so I can charge up my, uh, my phone a few times through that. Um, 
And then I also got a laptop in kind of between Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Oh, cool. Just like a small little, uh, uh, small little laptop. And so, because, you know, I'm typing up a few paragraphs a day, um, on my phone. Yeah. And I did that for, I don't know, like six, seven months and just like, there's gotta be a better way. And so, yeah, I got a computer and I just, yeah, I just bought it and it's worked out pretty well. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Should have started with it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like, what what would you say is like the biggest thing you've learned along the way that's been kind of surprising to you? Um, going back to what we were talking about earlier, just how kind people were. Because um, like I, I honestly expected to have you know a few bad experiences with people, but I haven't had any, and there have just been way more times that I didn't expect that somebody you know would just. Um, like a big one or a common, not necessarily common, but not infrequent thing will just be someone just hand, like stopping, handing me a bottle of water and driving off. Um, or just people in a restaurant, you know, talking to them briefly and then buying me food. And I've actually had it a couple times where, um, I'm just at a place and a meeting and I go to pay the bill and they're like, Oh, it's already been paid. And I ask, you know, Oh, who paid for it? And they're like, Oh, they, they left a little while ago. And so I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't even get to thank them. And so like on my three days in Alabama that happened to me when I was, um, kind of two of the days I was in the middle of nowhere, but then one day I was in a town and like my only meal in the town in Alabama, um, was paid for by just a complete stranger who didn't know my name or my story or anything. They just bought me dinner. Wow. That's really awesome. You know, I mean, I, I'd, that'd probably be the most surprising thing to me as well. Cause like I said earlier, like I, I think I have, you know, a bit of a cynical outlook on people. And so, I would have expected going into it that you would have dealt with a lot more people, you know, rudeness and stuff, but that's really good to hear that you're, you're really finding the more, you know, the good side of people. That's, that's really, really good. Yeah. And so, you know, I, um, when I talk to people about this and I'm like, you know, just people are naturally good. And like my trip, you know, if you read through my blog, there's, hundreds of examples of people being kind to me literally hundreds um and i just you know want to encourage people to you know do at least one nice thing for some random stranger because it might end up just being someone like me and uh one of the things on this trip is i realized like i owe so many people just so many things, right? Just for, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm almost in like this karmic debt, right? Like I, no matter what I do in life, I have to just like be kind to everybody because like, otherwise, you know, with everybody being kind to me, I'd just be a total jerk. So, <laughs> you know, I kind of have like no, this unpayable debt. 
right? And it's like, yeah. there's no way I can kind of pay it back, right? And just show the kindness to other people that has been shown to me. But like, I still have to just do my best and just be kind to as many people as I can and help as many people. And, you know, hopefully like my trip uh, at least allows people to live vicariously through me, which is, you know, one of the benefits I see is me adding to the world is just um, being able to do that. But I do feel uh, almost like a freeloader sometimes with uh, just some people being so nice to me. Well, you know, also like what you said, though, I mean, you know, you've you do have a GoFundMe, but you you worked and you saved up for this trip and, and you're living frugally along the way. And, you know, it is great that people are doing nice things for you, but I, I certainly wouldn't call what you're doing freeloading at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and, I'm not working for it, but I'm walking for it. Yeah, there you go. You're walking for it. <laughs> but you know, one of the big things, you know, I've mentioned this several times that that you know what you're doing here is inspirational. But it, it truly is. I mean, like, like you said, you're running into people saying, you know, oh, you can't do that these days. It's too dangerous. It's like, well, you know what? I'm I'm doing it, and I've you've been doing it for just three thousand miles, thirty five hundred. Uh, yeah, thirty four hundred. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> you're you're every day you're showing that it can be done, and and sometimes that's the biggest thing that somebody can get in life, is looking out and seeing somebody do something that they would have said is impossible, and so when they wake up tomorrow, you know maybe they're gonna go and do something that they previously thought was impossible, but you know they saw you doing something that that, you know, defied their sense of what was possible. So, you know, I would, don't yeah. disregard what you're doing because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very incredible. <laughs> Thank you. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's something I could do. <laughs> I got pretty, I got pretty good fortitude, but I don't know if I could walk 3,400 miles. Uh, certainly not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I could go through the health yeah, app just, uh, on my iPhone and see where I'm at right now. <laughs> accumulated lifetime uh, walk. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, a busy day. You walked you walked six and a half miles on Wednesday. <laughs> like, dude, Skylar walked freaking 30. <laughs> He's going to tomorrow, oh. and he did it the day before, too, or, you know, 25, whatever. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. Um, actually, every once in a while, I'll run into someone, and I'll just think, like, this person is more badass than me, right? Um, when I was walking into Logan, Utah recently, um, there was this guy, I want to say he was 72 years old or something, and uh, he saw me walking, and he uh, was going the same way, and he walked with me and, you know, talked with me about this trip and told me that he had walked, like, 15 miles every day. And it was like this, you know, like... I walk a little bit more than that, but I'm also, you know, 50 years younger, right? Yeah, so it's like, incredible. yeah, that that person is better than me when it comes to this stuff. Um, and so, and um, I met when I was in Ohio, uh, I think near Delaware, Ohio. Um, I met a guy who, when he retired, like not long after he retired, he biked across America, and that was oh man, that was really cool getting to meet him. 
um, just, you know, exchange stories from the point of view of uh, non-motor vehicle uh, going across the U.S. And uh, and then there was one other guy. Um, his name was Ron um, out of Conneaut, Ohio. Um, he was a retired, uh, I want to say dentist maybe optometrist um and he had ms or i guess he still has ms um and i stayed with him for a night and we talked and everything and we still kind of keep in contact um but his goal was to visit all 50 states and i'm not sure if he's finished or if he still has a couple more states to go i, I gotta talk to him again um but yeah and you know with ms and still going off and visiting uh all those states, like, you know, he has trouble walking, but he can takes buses and stuff like that and trains and visits them. And like, that's just, that's really cool. Yeah. That's, that's an inspiring story too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The, the range of people you're getting to meet and all the different stories you're collecting along the way. I mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it 20 years old, man, you have, you've already lived quite a life. I mean, it almost makes me wonder, what are you going to do next? And is it going to live up to what you've done so far? Like, how easily are you going to get bored? Yeah, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I, I feel like I just... I don't want to be one of those people that, like, peaked, right? You know, just like... That I did the greatest thing I'll ever accomplish in life, and I won't, you know, do anything that lives up to it. So I got to just, like, keep on, you know, upping and upping it until, like, I'm climbing up Everest or something crazy, you know. Maybe I'll do Kilimanjaro. I feel like that's that's attainable. There you go. You could start with <laughs> Pikes Peak. Start with Pikes Peak in Colorado. <laughs> it's got Is a, that nice, one of the it's got a nice hiking trail. It's a 14er. But it's got a hiking yeah. trail that goes to the top. <laughs> hmm. That sounds that sounds pretty good. It's actually got three ways to get to the top. It's got a hiking trail, it's got a road, and it's got a cog railroad also. So it's like a, a train cog. that it's a train hmm. that has like a gear on it. And so instead of just having huh. regular wheels, it's it's more like gears that, you know, like kind of it's like a cog, you know, like in a machine that goes yeah. off the track yeah. or whatever. So yeah. kind of more like a tank. Uh, no, it's it's like a regular train car, but it's just it's huh. made to go up really steep inclines to go up to the top of the the mountain, and then it goes back down. Okay, well, I, I've been wanting to do that that hiking trail on there ever since I heard about it. Um, Colorado Springs has got a special place in my heart. It's a really beautiful town. That's where Pikes Peak's at. <laughs> they got Garden of the Gods there. Everything is a really really pretty place. Yeah, I gotta gotta do some of the fourteens uh, in Colorado. They have a bunch because the Rockies, but yeah, yeah, maybe I'll do that one day. I see, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, get, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do this because, like, I kind of have tendencies to get bored of stuff, and like, I was actually kind of one of my worries uh, going into this this trip that like maybe you know the days might just blur together and eventually halfway through I get bored and just want to go do something else. But now this trip has just been like so interesting. It's just been, um, keeping me entertained just with, you know, 
all these new experiences all the time. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty well excited with it. And, uh, but I don't want to like, you know, um, cause so- sometimes when I have, um, like a bunch of audiobooks or, well, not, not audiobooks, but just regular books, I guess, kind of lined up that I want to read. Like I just kind of get bored of them or like, I'm like, uh, no, I don't really want to read this one anymore. And then I remove it or, you know, do you experience that? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, like you set up a bit of a goal, but then maybe once you're on your way into the goal, you realize that that goal wasn't too important to you in the, to begin with, because whatever, for whatever reason, you just lose interest in it. Like in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm, I'm, I've always got so many irons in the fire too. <laughs> so it's, it's like, I can kind of, I can chip away at this interest for a little while and then run over and do this one and then run over and do that one. And, you know, in, in nothing I'm doing is really all that important. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I try and stay in shape enough to climb. And so I've got, um, I have a two stall garage and I, I've turned that into a bouldering gym. And so I've got like, oh, wow. I, I park my cars outside and I just got all climbing walls in there. So I, I try and keep up with training in there and then try and get outside on the weekends to either hike or go climb. And then I've got a shitload of different comic books I read. And so that's, that's mostly what my reading's been these days is keeping up with all these different titles on comic books. <laughs> so, mm. so in my mid-30s, I'm the most into comics that I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, it's <laughs> comics are pretty cool, and yeah, um, <laughs> they are like, they're popular right now. That's for sure. I just, um, someone was talking to me. I think it was in Salt Lake City, and like you know, um, when I mentioned that like I played video games, and that's sort of where I got the idea. They were like, you know, you don't normally equate um, walking across America and played a bunch of video games in high school. That is very true. Like, you wouldn't kind of see that overlap. And then here you are with the, uh, you know, you turned your garage into like a bouldering place. And yet you still are just, you know, reading a bunch of comic books. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, just because some people may be a little bit nerdy, like, doesn't mean they're uh, not like active and everything. And That is true. <laughs> so. I got both my kids with little nerds in training, so it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> They're both into into superheroes and Star Wars and everything. I'm like, oh good, I've done I've done my job well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that's the pretty much the only uh movies I've watched. So like I've I've had a couple opportunities to watch movies, so um I watched um Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um and I've watched um uh, the uh, Rogue One movie. Oh, awesome! <laughs> and then I've uh, recently I watched uh, like th- those two were at movie theaters, and then mm-hmm. recently I watched um, the uh, third Star Trek reboot, and okay. then Doctor um, Strange. Yep. Oh, I finally got around to watching Doctor Strange as well. I I bought the. I waited until it came out on Blu-ray. <laughs> mm. But uh what what did you think of it? Um 
So I, I have like no knowledge of Doctor Strange as like a comic book. Like I, I don't really read comic books, but I've watched uh, most, if not all, of the Marvel movies. Um, and so, like I, I enjoyed it pretty well. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Not, not like one of my favorites, but you know, thought it was decent. Yeah, it was pretty. And I like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I like his name more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever listen to any yeah, Kevin definitely. Smith's podcasts? Any of his million different ones that he does? Uh, no, I don't. He was going on this thing for a while whenever he'd say, he'd go, Cumberbiatch! <laughs> <laughs> Stupid, but it would make me laugh, so what the fuck? <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I... I've known people they'll they'll just like say like completely different words and you still just kind of know who they're talking about because they just kind of like you know um, I can't even think of anyone off the top of my head but you know they just like sound similar even though they're like completely different words and like they're just so strange that you're like oh yeah they're talking about Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> did you see that thing online where it was a, a Benedict Cumberbatch uh, name generator and oh no you I hit haven't the button, it would give you like a different <laughs> it was pretty good <laughs> oh man I gotta check that out <laughs> yeah, it'd give you at least 15 minutes of entertainment while you're walking down the road right <laughs> <laughs> well i gotta keep my eyes on the road but yeah that is you know. true <laughs> although sometimes i'm browsing reddit as i'm walking but i end i end up walking a lot slower yeah. and i just get distracted and stuff so it's like all right gotta i'll reply to this message or something and then that's it yeah no i i can't walk and like pay attention to my phone at the same time i'd walk into a tree or something and i'd totally deserve it <laughs> <laughs> see i like most of the time, I'm just on the exact same road for like 20 to 50 miles. And sometimes, like when I was coming out of uh, Fort Worth, I was on the same frontage road for like 400 miles, right? So like it's just, you know, all right, as long as my brain knows to kind of stay in the white lines, like that's that's it. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I do reply to messages or just browse random things occasionally I, i've even watched some videos so but most of the time it's just just walking and listening to something and um and even some days i actually just completely cut myself off from the internet except for like maybe in the morning and evening i'll like check the messages reply to them and that's it um but then during the day like i don't check any messages or any of that Yeah, it feels good to just totally disconnect from technology sometimes. And, you know, because sometimes a phone can feel like it's shackled to your wrist. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I have, I have that sometimes where it's like I'll go through a period where it's like I can't go more than, you know, a couple minutes without checking my phone. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I just got to cut it off for a little bit and then kind of ease back into it. Like, e even as I'm walking across America, you know, separated from my home computer and all that, I still get just kind of so used to my phone and technology 
even though I may be in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it can be very pervasive. I'll do that every once in a while where it's like, okay, am I just opening up my phone and checking Facebook because I'm bored and this is just a habit? And then, you know, that's usually when I'll hit a point of disgust and be like, all right, I'm going to go put my phone in the other room and I'm not going to, you know, just have this here to where, you know, in in just a moment of boredom, I'm just going to open it up. And then before you know it, you're, you know, going way down some weird Google rabbit hole and you're learning about barred owls or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how did I even get here? Oh, man, for me, it's Icelandic horses. They just, <laughs> something about them just keeps drawing me in. <laughs> the Icelandic horses uh, in general or in particular? Yep. So what's yep. the difference between an Icelandic horse and, and say, your regular ones that you'd find in North America? So now, the Icelandic horses are really cool. So a normal horse has three gates, right? That's kind of um, just there are different ways of moving. Or so, you know, there's uh, trotting, galloping, um, sprint, and sprinting. I think I think those are the main three. And then Icelandic horses... Uh, have two more, so they have five in total. And I can't remember the other two, but um, kind of the way they differentiate between uh, the different gates is how fast and kind of um, ho- how many like hoofs are on the ground and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Icelandic horses naturally have five. And then there are some horses where you can teach them like a fourth, but then Icelandic horses just innately have five. Um, one of the cool thing about Icelandic horses is that, um, if an Icelandic horse ever leaves Iceland, they're not allowed to return. They're just banished for all of time. Um, and like no horses are allowed to go into Iceland because, um, the Icelandic horses has uh, a population that's just been so, um, separated from, uh, the main or I guess really the rest of the world that any new horse might introduce some uh, sort of disease or anything. So it's like, you know, when uh, the Europeans were going to the, the Americas, right. And they brought a whole bunch of diseases. It'd be something like that where they're just yeah. isolated for so long that they just, their immune systems aren't ready for it. Um, and I think that actually happened once before, which is why they like instituted that rule, like just a good, portion of the population uh just died out and and then on top of that Icelandic horses are just like super cute just like (laughs) absolutely adorable gotta check out some pictures of them like oh man I just love them (laughs) then in the scenery of Iceland like they're just you know Iceland's beautiful Iceland has like everything yeah oh man I I want to check out Iceland like it's just it's a small you know like uh, the city in Canada I live in is 600,000 people. So it's not Toronto, but it's a suburb, which is like 100,000 people or maybe 200,000 people more than the entire country of Iceland. Yeah. But, and then it's just like this, such a beautiful place that I just want to visit it so badly, see those horses and I guess the people as well and the nature, but mainly the horses. Glaciers and volcanoes and... Yeah. yeah, what an incredible place. I'd never heard anything about Icelandic horses, though. That's that's really fascinating. 
Have you have you yeah, always they're... been into horses? Nope. It was just that <laughs> just one time. Specifically, I was, uh... Icelandic horses. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't random. I don't know. Like I, I think the only thing I know about horses is like they measure them with hands or something. That is true. Like. And they wear horseshoes. Like I, I, I don't know much about horses beyond that they exist, right? But Icelandic horses. I mean, I know more about Icelandic horses than I do about cats. <laughs> <laughs> and I have seen plenty of cats in my day. <laughs> That's so random, though. <laughs> yeah. But you know, hey, you gotta have something to be interested in. Whether yep. it's Icelandic horses or or whatever else, you know, you got to have something to pass the pass the time, give you something to think about, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but and then, you know, you go down the Internet rabbit holes of some random things. So I, I remember one time in school, um, I was supposed to be doing some sort of research for some project or something or other. And. I just end up spending like an hour or two just looking up stuff about Sparta. Like those like yeah. ancient Sparta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah ancient that Sparta. Was a, that was a fascinating um uh city state. Yeah. Like especially reading about how it died out and everything and Yes. Oh man, uh speaking of kind of like history stuff, one of my favorite podcasts is uh Dan Carlin's hardcore history. I, I that was I was gonna say that. <laughs> That's an excellent one. I love that. Have you listened to uh, Daniele Bellelli's history podcast? Also, his uh, called, I haven't. His is called History on Fire. It's another very good one. It's like right mm-hmm. in that same vein. Okay. And are those like super long podcasts as well? Or oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, um, did you listen? Yeah. Did you listen to the um, the hardcore history one where he did like the six part one on the history of the Mongols? Oh, that that was my favorite. Yeah, um, you have to pay for it now to listen. It, he doesn't have it for listed on for free anymore. I don't. I don't think. You yeah, see, I I still got it while it was still uh, free. Yeah, me too. I I think I think if you listen to the entire thing, it was like close to like nine hours long or something like that. Oh no, it was might way been, longer than I was saying, that. It might have even been way longer I'm, than that. I'm I know I listened sure to it three times. Each episode is each episode I think is like three to four hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I remember it being quite an undertaking, but man, he gives you a lot of good info in it. And just shows you how scary that point in history was. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite one of the, yeah. the hardcore histories? Was... Or yeah, what, what was your favorite of the hardcore histories? Uh, well, Wrath of the Cons. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I haven't. There was a World War One, uh, like series that I think he's still doing. Um, I'm a few episodes in, but I just never end up uh, kind of getting through them. Was that the Blueprints for Armageddon episode? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Was yeah, I think good so too. When he was talking about those really big guns that the Germans had, they're like huge artillery guns. The, yeah. The people firing it had to put cotton in their ears, eyes, and mouths, and then they had to like be sure and have their mouth open while they fired the gun, otherwise it would like pop stuff in their heads. Yeah. Oh, oh. man, that's crazy. 
it's it's oh, crazy uh, what people are capable of. <laughs> another uh, thing I did on my trip was I uh, shot a gun. Actually, I've shot a gun twice on this trip. Uh, once at like a gun range in Austin, and then the second time was just recently on my way, uh, like just a few days ago. Uh, I met a guy and um, he just let me shoot his. Uh, it was a Smith and Wesson. Um, I don't know exactly. I want to say it was like something of 40. Um, and so just like this handgun mm-hmm. shot that I didn't have any ear protection. So oh, I you, shot you didn't it like have ear protection. It's loud. Isn't no, it? <laughs> this was in the middle of nowhere. I shot it like three or four times. And by the end of it, like my ears was just ringing and it took several minutes for it to like kind of fully return back to normal. It's like, yeah, those, those things are loud. Yes, they are. <laughs> I grew up hunting, so I, I grew up around guns. When I was old enough to hold a shotgun, I was learning how to shoot it. Yeah, and see, I the smallest city I lived in was like 120,000 people. So, you know, <laughs> and growing up in uh, the Bay Area in California and then in, you know, the greater Toronto area in Canada, like, yeah, hunting... And like even just guns for self defense just kind of isn't a thing. Yeah. In those areas, so yeah, I think I I shot a some sort of rifle once at like a Boy Scout camp in California, and that's that was my only experience aside from this trip with guns. So what was the, yeah? What was the gun that you got to shoot down in Texas? Was that a handgun uh, or a rifle? Yeah. Yeah, it was a handgun. I want to say it was a Glock. Oh, nice. <laughs> I used to have a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, as someone who hasn't really handled gun, like, one of the most shocking things for me was just their weight. Like, I, I didn't expect them to weigh as much as they did. Oh, yeah. But, Especially yeah. if you pick up one of those Glocks that can hold, like, 17 rounds in the magazine. And you got a full mm. magazine. You got 17 rounds of ammo plus, you know, just the weight of the gun itself. Yeah, it can be kind of heavy. Um, uh, for for a couple of years, I had a carry permit, so I could actually carry my my Glock with me wherever I went. And that yeah. was one of the biggest reasons I quit doing it was because it was friggin' heavy and it was uncomfortable. <laughs> and then and then also like I I don't get into things lightly. Like when I if if I'm interested in something, I try and learn as much as I can. And when I started oh, yeah. learning Same the, way. the yeah, when I started learning the um, uh, the civil lawsuit ramifications of being involved in a uh, a shooting altercation, it it made me quit caring because I was like, well, if you know, if worse comes to worse, and I would be put into a situation where I would have to use a gun for self defense, and I were to be cleared by the police and not have any sort of criminal charges against me, I could still be liable to a civil lawsuit from yeah. you know the the family of the of the person that did the shooting and so I was like all right when lawyer costs and everything like that it's not worth it and now if, if I feel like I'm going someplace that's really shady which you know I never really went in any place like that anyway it was more just you know I've got the mm-hmm. right to carry one and why not but you know now it's like I I feel like I can get by with pepper spray and I'd be just fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> and even then I you yeah, know, I mean, you know, I, I probably don't even need to worry about that. <clears throat> yeah, like in a 
some sort of fight, like all you need to do is make sure your opponent is disabled, right? You know, whether that's pepper spray or a gun, like as long as they're not going to fight back, like then, then you basically win, right? Yeah. So, and in most situations, you know, pepper spray disables the, the stone pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a bear or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, I, most guns aren't going to do much against a bear, but some bear spray, ooh. Yeah, hopefully that would stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Not to freak you out while you're up approaching bear country. <laughs> <laughs> and also keep in mind, this yeah. is coming from from a rural Iowa guy. <laughs> the closest I've been to a bear is at the zoo. <laughs> Uh, so, Joe, I got to get going in a little bit here. Is there anything else uh, you want to talk no, about? No, we can, we can wrap it up, man. Say, so, yeah, I I just talk and talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's yeah, no me too. Ball, man. We can wrap it up. Um, I really, really appreciate you taking time out uh, to yeah, chat thank with you me for here, man. It was, it was great to hear your story. And, and, and I know I've already told you this ad nauseum, but dude, you are <laughs> doing something very inspiring. And, and I'm really happy to have to have been able to talk with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's good talking to you too. Heck yeah, man. Wow, that dude is on a crazy journey. <laughs> he's he's definitely a lot braver, and he has a lot more intestinal fortitude than I think I will ever possess. <laughs> but um, hey, Skyler, man, thank you so much for for being on, man. It was it was really great to be able to talk to you, and um, you got to check out. Check him out. He's on Reddit. He's got a subreddit called Skyler's Travels. And uh, he's got an Instagram page with a lot of these pictures that we talked about. And on Instagram, just search for Skyler's Travels as well. And I'll, I'll put up links to both of those on the Facebook page. And um, I'll have links to them in the show notes for this as well. Um, also, another huge thanks to Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers for uh, pointing me in the direction of Skyler because this was a really fascinating conversation. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Starkcast, check out my Facebook page. Um, you can message me or email me through there. Um, uh, email is starkcastpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want, get on iTunes, leave me a review um, and a, a rating. And uh, you can holler at me on Twitter, uh, the, at the Tubby Ninja, and do quite a bit of stuff on there <laughs> as much shit as i talked about it in the past I, I i am really starting to enjoy twitter so whatever <laughs> um let's see what else uh, i do another show called uh, the comic cast i do that with jordan from the supercast and we talk about comic books so if you're into comics and um and you're not offended by by vulgar vulgar language <laughs> definitely check out the comic cast. Um, So until next time, this has been Stark. (laughs) 
<laughs> Fuck that up. <laughs> so until next time, this has been Startcast.